Happy. Happy. Happy 20th anniversary. AM 1280, The Patriot. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. The Senate is a baby step closer to passing a trillion-dollar infrastructure package after lawmakers from both parties voted today to clear a key procedural hurdle. More votes will be needed before final Senate passage. That could come quickly or it could drag on for days if opponents try to slow President Biden's big priority. A judge blocks Arkansas from enforcing its mask mandate. An Arkansas judge issued a preliminary injunction Friday blocking the state from enforcing its ban on mask mandates. Pulaski County Circuit Judge Tim Fox blocked the law after Arkansas lawmakers left the prohibition in place at a special session. Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson signed the ban in April, but now says he regrets doing so. I'm Mike Gracia. Meanwhile, Florida's Board of Education approved an emergency rule to allow private school vouchers. This is SRN News. Charlie Kirk can see what the left is doing. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We are flagging problematic posts for Facebook. As if Facebook is under the direction of the federal government. The Democrats have decided that they're no longer against corporations. They're just against corporations they can't control. The Charlie Kirk Show, weeknights at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. You're listening to AM 1280, The Patriot. It's Intelligent Radio. Currently out there, about a 50-50 chance for showers and thunderstorms, the high near 82. AM 1280, The Patriot, is in partnership with Inspiration Tours, and they present the Stand with Israel Tour. Embark with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on an extraordinary 10-day adventure through Israel. Join your fellow patriots by signing up today. Details at am1280thepatriot.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now... Here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue, the show that is making talk radio great again, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280 The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, 20 years strong, dominating Twin Cities media of all kinds, along with this broadcast, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, which for 18 years now has been uh, basically dominating all uh, media, print, broadcast, all of it, online, you name it. We, we, the action is right here, at least uh, so we like to think, uh, along with my friend Brad Carlson every Sunday from 1 to 3 here on AM 12A, The Patriot. Jack Tomzak, Saturdays from 3 to 5, uh, right after this broadcast. Coming up next hour, Jack will be joining us here. And, of course, King Banyan, Saturday mornings, 9 to 11, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessmen, together uh, showing the way to the rest of the Twin Cities media who lap along quickly to try and catch up but never, never quite manage it. As case in point of same, I bring us this next story. Uh, we, we spoke uh, with our next guest uh, a couple of months ago here on the broadcast talking about the uh, way that the Keith Ellison has been selling off parts of the attorney general's office to the highest bidder. It's, it's a crude way of putting it and yet not entirely inaccurate. Uh, we are rejoined for the first time in a couple of months here by Mark Drake. Uh, Mark, welcome back to the broadcast. Hey, it's great to be with you, Mitch. It's great to have you here, Mark. Now, we talked, I don't know, probably about three or four months ago about uh, what Keith Ellison has been up to, basically uh, selling seats in the Minnesota Attorney General's office, actually doing legal Attorney General-style work uh, in, in exchange for, well, having the offices funded by plutocrats with deep pockets. Let's reset on the story as we left it last time we talked, Mark Drake. Sure, Mitch. And again, thanks for having me on. So, so just to give you give your listeners a, a brief overview of what's been going on, Ellison became our Attorney General in January 2019, and in the run up to his becoming Attorney General, in the initial months of his being Attorney General, um, the Rockefeller Family Foundation and Michael Bloomberg's 
personal foundation orchestrated uh, a climate lawsuit in the state. Now, what does that mean? That means Michael Bloomberg, his personal foundation, gave money to the New York University State Energy and Environmental Impact Center. They then turned around and hired two attorneys general, assistant attorney, special assistant attorney generals uh, for the state of Minnesota. So Michael Bloomberg, his kids' foundation is funding New York University to have two attorneys paid for by Michael Bloomberg working for the state of Minnesota. I mean, it's just unbelievable when, when you say that to people. And so what we found out here since I was last on is that the, the two attorneys hired by um, with the Bloomberg money, Peter Serto and Lee Curry are their names, they have not filed financial uh, personal financial disclosure forms with the state, and they've both been with the state uh, for about two years. So that's obviously something that is, is not in keeping with what, what the law says. So I notified the campaign finance board about that this week. So talk a little bit about what the ramifications of this failure to file the, the, the statements, the new, the new allegations here mean. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, well, they didn't file statements. What are they supposed to do? What is the law? What are the rules supposed to be for people in this position, presuming they actually apply in this state, uh, Mark Drake? Yeah. So, so if you're a public official or you work for, for an office like the attorney general's office, you're required to, to file those. Uh, that paperwork with the state, and you're required to do that when you're first hired. So they've been, uh, Curry was hired in September 2019, and um, Serta was hired in June 2019, and neither have filled out the paperwork in two years. So I think it raises the question of what is going on. I mean, these are smart people. Peter Serto has a uh, law degree from Northwestern. So, I mean, this is not a dumb guy. He knows he has to do this. Allison knows he has to do it. Why aren't they filing? Do they think they have some sort of special exemption? Because when I noticed that when I notified the campaign finance board, they told me that they were reaching out to Allison's office to get to the bottom of this. Um, so they were obviously concerned about it and thought they needed to file. So how long has it been since you reached out to the campaign finance board, Mark Drake? So I initially reached out to them last Wednesday. Uh, they got back to me this Monday. So I took them, I guess, three business days to tell me you know, thank you for reaching out to us. We're reaching out to Keith Allison's office to figure out why these forms have not been filed. And, uh, you know, they've been there for two years, so you would think they'd be filed. Yeah, I mean, isn't there normally some sort of enforcement mechanism, some sort of auditing of state officials to make sure that they're they're dying their eyes and crossing their T's with all this ethical paperwork that they're supposed to be filling out? I mean, I know that my state legislator friends can't get uh, can't get a round bought for them at a bar hardly without getting the campaign finance board all up in their grill. What is it, yeah. this would be the norm, wouldn't it be, Mark Drake? You you would think there would be some sort of enforcement mechanism, or somebody would be checking on this but until i blew the whistle i think it was it was just flying under the radar so i'm interested to, to hear what i hear back from the campaign finance board here in the future they said they'd let me know when they have an update so i'll let you and, and your listeners certainly know uh when i have more on that but i think this whole failure to you know to file the paperwork i mean what are their financial interests that would be good to know i mean they're they're, they're hired by bloomberg what are their financial interests particularly in the energy sector i'd like to know that well, exactly. I mean, that's that's where the money is coming from, from people who get involved financially with an express political bent. I mean, the, the organizations that, that you allege are paying for these two positions for Serto and uh, and, and Seton. Uh, what, what is their track record? For the, yes. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Sorry, my bad. Uh, trying to read on the fly here. It's not working well. But what what are the interests of the people that uh, that are supplying the money that let's make sure we're clear on this, pays for their employment with the state of Minnesota. I mean, they, they have a motive, don't they? Yeah, I would think Michael Bloomberg would have a motive to have them in here. And, and I'd like to know, you know, the extent of his his interests, you know, in the energy sector. Why, why is he so keen on this? And I know that two dozen lawsuits similar to the one that's been filed here in Minnesota by Curry and, and Serto, it's called kind of, you know, copy and paste um, you know, litigation, they've been filed very similar um, to this one. And so what's going on? Who's funding it? I think we know here for sure that it's Bloomberg, and, and I think Bloomberg's getting a number of states around the country as well. Yeah, in fact, we discussed that during our last uh, segment together, talking about this subject. I mean, this these two 
basically exist to file environmental climate change, I mean, really fairly synonymous subjects uh, on the left these days, especially among the people who are funding them. Uh, the, the, I mean, the, the, the lawsuits that they are bringing, the litigation that they are employed on our behalf, in theory, to bring is is relates to putting pressure on states to adopt left leaning, the, the 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 climate policies and economic really policies favored by big left. I mean, is that a fair assessment, Mark Drake? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, Mitch, they're trying to give it sort of this homegrown veneer where they use a University of Minnesota person, uh, Professor Alexander Class. She writes a memo. To Keith Ellison, but if you pull the curtain back, it's actually, you know, the Rockefeller Family Foundation, it's Bloomberg's Foundation, it's the Rockefeller Family Foundation approaching a local nonprofit here called Fresh Energy. They're reaching out to the University of Minnesota law professor to help them, you know, move the pieces around on the chessboard, but it's really the Rockefeller Family Foundation and the Bloomberg Foundation orchestrating this whole thing, but they're trying to make it look like it's a Minnesota homegrown lawsuit. So what is, uh, for starters, uh, let's let's go back a few months here, talk about your first appearance when you first broached this subject. Now, I, I, I will say I'm past the point where I had visions of the Star Tribune picking this up with their crack investigative team digging into it and finding the answers. Uh, I expect that to happen about the time I get that second date with Anna Kendrick. But uh, did, was there any uh, was there any follow up, any consequences of the initial uh, breaching uh, broaching of the story a few months back, Mark Drake? Well, you know, I think the one update that that, that beyond um, the failure to file the, the personal financial statements that that I can mention is that so Keith Ellison he he's been going to great lengths to hide uh, what's been going on in this lawsuit. He's been fighting it. Um, he lost an appeals court decision to hide some, uh, you know, a lot of discovery in this case, emails, et cetera. He has now uh, taken that case to the state Supreme Court, so that's going to be argued here in the next few months. He's trying to withhold information. He's trying not to be transparent uh, about this. Give us the particulars of this case. I mean, I haven't heard much about this personally. I'm, I think this would be useful. What, what sort of case? What, what are the? What's the litigation about? What has he lost, and what is he contending on his own behalf here? Sure. So, in June of last year, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty, Ellison filed suit against the American Petroleum Institute, Exxon Mobil, Coke Industries, and the Coke subsidiaries, Flint Hills Resources, and Flint Hills Resources Pine Bend. Okay, so he basically is saying that all of these oil companies knew about climate change and uh, they misled everyone, right? That's, right? that's the lawsuit. But Ellison, his lawsuit was actually filed by two lawyers provided and paid for by Bloomberg's private foundation for advancing this climate agenda. So, and he used the University of Minnesota law professor, Alexander Class, to present this. Uh, to Ellison's office. Jeff Blodgett's involved, as you know. Oh, yeah. Paul Wellstone, the late Paul Wellstone's campaign manager. And uh, one other thing I'd like to mention is climatelitigationwatch.org, climatelitigationwatch.org. That's where you can get the download on all of this stuff. Um, they've got a number of um, text messages between Alexander Class and Michael Noble from Fresh Energy. I encourage everyone to read those. Yeah. What? So, in the remaining moments we have, Mark Drake, and yeah, we'll I'll post a link to uh, to to the website here uh, when when I get off the air here in a second. But what? First of all, what uh, what can people in the audience do about this? I mean, this is this is important stuff. I mean, the idea that parts of the executive branch are being rented out to plutocrats with deep pockets yeah. would not be accepted if it was. Traditionally, if the Koch brothers were paying for for lawyers in the attorney general's office, what what, uh, what can the audience, the, the the typical listener, do about this outrage? Yeah, that's a great question, Mitch, and I, and I appreciate you asking it. I think the first thing they can do is, is go to climatelitigationwatch.org, read up about this, um, so they they have a full understanding of it. After they have that, I think they can reach out to their legislators. Um, they can reach out to Keith Ellison's office, say this is unacceptable. I think we know what Keith will say, but I think it's good for, hear, for, him, to hear, for him to hear from his constituents. I think it's a great opportunity for folks if they want to write letters to the editor, 
if they want to submit an op-ed to the local newspaper, call into a radio show. I mean, I think the idea that, you know, the NRA could place um, attorney generals for the foundation, in, you know, if Blaney were still down there or something, I think people would just find that the Star Tribune would be obviously very worked up about that, and we heard barely anything about this. Absolutely. Mark Drake, do keep us uh, up to date as, as this case develops here. This isn't getting any less interesting for those of us who care about government ethics. Uh, sound like a deal? Sounds great, Mitch, and, and thanks for having me on. Have a great weekend. My pleasure, as always, Mark Drake joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep following the story right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. We will be right back. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm going down. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. You depend on our lineup of hosts each day. Now you have the chance to meet one of them. Announcing the Terrific Talkers VIP experience. We'll fly you and a guest on a three-night stay to meet your favorite radio host. You could meet Dinesh D'Souza, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, Charlie Kirk, Eric Metaxas, or Dennis Prager. Enter once per day at am1280thepatriot.com slash talker. The Terrific Talkers VIP experience is brought to you by Morris Law Group. Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM 1280 The Patriot in the App Store. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, we have got a cool, cool contest coming up here. Uh, the You hear them pretty much every day here on AM 1280 and our various sister stations. Now we're going to give you a chance to visit uh, for a couple days with your favorite talk show host. That's host one. Pick one. You get to you choose your favorite and get three whopping days with them in their city from which they initiate their broadcast. You can choose to meet uh, Dinesh D'Souza, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, Charlie Kirk, Eric Metaxas, or Dennis Prager. If you are the grand prize winner of the trick, uh, Terrific Talkers Tour, we'll fly you and a guest to meet the host uh, of your choice in their host city. 
which, by the way, I mean, there's each one's different. Larry Elder, of course, in Los Angeles. Mike Gallagher, Dallas, I think. Sebastian Gorka, no idea. Hugh Hewitt, of course, D.C., and so forth and so on. You get to meet your favorite hosts in their favorite cities. You get to join them for a couple of days. We pay for uh, all the goodies. You get a, a Visa gift card for to help you pay for, uh, pay, pay for the incidentals you need. Plus, you get to spend an hour with them live and on the air. It's the Terrific Talkers Tour, AM1280 The Patriot. Go to am1280thepatriot.com. Join in. You'll have a blast. It's going to be a great time. At any rate, Talking uh, this week about uh, the uh, news came out this past week, I should say, got to stay on top of this here, uh, of uh, of something that is about as shocking as, I don't know, the Twins choking uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, in fact, I have to say sometimes it never gets old finding out that you're basically right all the time. But someone's got to do it uh, because I called this, I called this, weeks, maybe months ago, the Southwest light rail line is way, 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 way over budget and not getting finished anytime near its 2023 deadline. Unexpectedly. It's it's about as unexpected as, well, I already gave you that metaphor here. County commissioners are spending $200 million previously set aside as a backstop for the light rail transit project to help offset unexpected costs. This thing is running into engineering problems up the proverbial wazoo. Hennepin County taxpayers, by the way, are going to wind up holding the bag. Who predicted this? Well, yours truly. Uh, Hennepin County taxpayers will be picking up a big part of the Southwest light rail tab, uh, much bigger than they originally expected due to cost overruns in what has turned out to be the largest public works project in Minnesota state history. The Hennepin County Board Thursday voted to spend an extra $200 million to make sure, by the way, this is from the uh, Care Bears at Channel 11, extra $200 million to make sure the transit project doesn't run off uh, contingency funds during the final years of construction. The $2 billion project will connect Minneapolis with Eden Prairie eventually. Also passing through parts of St. Louis Park, Hopkins, Minnetonka. Uh, It's basically going to do for the Western Metro what, the Green Line has done for the Midway. <laughs> it's money the board agreed to set aside three years ago as backstop against cost overruns and because, you know, rail projects are going to have them. I mean, remember, the, uh, the Green Line, the, uh, the, 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 the vomit comet, as I affectionately call it, which I rode to work for a number of years, uh, originally was... Uh, platted out for about $700 million. It came in about $1.4 billion when all was said and done, not even counting the remodeling of the Union Depot, which came to another $200 million in change. So, we're, and, and that's an integral part of the Green Line, the Green Line of Death, the crime highway uh, through the midway of St. Paul connecting Target Field with Union Depot. Uh, of course, this being a light rail project, no one ever really estimates things things properly. Contractors, says Channel 11, encountered complications with some of the tunnels along the 14-mile route. The project also incurred the added expense of building a concrete barrier to separate light rail trains from freight trains that will be run on parallel tracks for portions of the line. Quote, the construction has been painful and difficult at times, like any enormous project, but I am excited to about what the future holds, Commissioner Marion Green, who chairs the Hennepin County Board, told Channel 11, quote, we need to build a system that offers users choice and brings our residents back and forth from where they live, work, and play. And it's an important part of keeping our region competitive. <laughs> Didn't they say that about the North Star Line, which is running approximately 2% capacity as we as this is written because of the covid pandemic may be picking up a little bit but in fact whose cost it once you roll in costs uh, of the construction of the bond payments and all the other costs along with the operational costs has run to something over $500 actually no sorry between 500 and 1000 dollars per passenger ride over this past year. I mean, it was always the most ungodly expensive transit ride in town, being something over $100 a ride uh, 
even in the best of times, or I say $90 per passenger ride uh, leg. So in other words, if you, if you get on the train in Ramsey and ride downtown and then ride back out to Ramsey at the end of the day, you're paying, what, $6 each way, $13 worth of fares, and absorbing $180 worth of taxpayer subsidies for construction, for operations, for everything. And that was during the good times. Those costs went up by a factor of 5 to 10 during the pandemic. Nearly $1,000 per fare. That is, if you are one of the roughly two people in every car that was riding from Ramsey to downtown Minneapolis in the morning and riding home at night, you're absorbing with your $6.50 fare each way. I believe that's what the price was last I checked. You were absorbing something between $1,500 and $2,000 worth of taxpayer subsidies to, t- to take your ride downtown. And by the way, not even going uh, getting a Twins game out of the deal. This is what light rail is here. Now, of course, that's commuter rail. It's a little bit different. In theory, by the way, the way this was sold to the people 20 years ago when ideas like the North Star Line and what was the other one? There was originally a proposal to have another one called the Red Rocks Line, uh, which started in Afton, uh, perhaps Hastings, came up to uh, the, the basically ran along 94 uh, from from the St. Croix into the Twin Cities and joined up with the Green Line in downtown Minneapolis. The theory behind these lines is that they're supposed to be cheaper. You don't have to build brand new tracks for commuter rail like the North Star. It runs on the same tracks that the freight trains run on. Light rail, they need special little tiny tracks, much smaller than the, the, the tracks the freight trains run on. You can't reuse tracks for, for from one to the other. And that's supposed to make consumer rail, I'm sorry, commuter rail, cheaper. It didn't work. And, of course, the only thing more expensive than a light rail line is a commuter rail line. And the only thing more expensive than a commuter rail line is another light light rail line. This The, the, the red line, the so-called Southwest light rail line, which I believe is going to be called the red line at some point, is, again, runs from Target Field down to someplace in Eden Prairie. I forget where. It's out there. It's, a, it's the, going to be the longest of the three light rail uh, lines so far. You know, they, they, of course, are continuing to spin on plans for these things. Uh, they were optimistically calling it a $2 billion project a while ago. Uh, the optimism is absolutely pathetic because this is going to be go. It's already up to $2 billion. My prediction, we're going to see this thing go $2.5 or $2.6 billion by the time they're done. And they're not going to get done until 2025. You heard it here first here, folks. Maybe you didn't. I'm sure Dave Osmek's been saying the same thing for a while. And he will be right. He's correct. The, 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 the Southwest Light Rail Line is an epic boondoggle. The federal government, by the way, generally pays half the cost of light rail projects, with the rest of the cost being picked up by local and regional governments. Hennepin County is the largest local funder. Uh, for the Southwest Light Rail Transit Line, which is an extension of the Metro Green Line that runs between downtown uh, uh, Minneapolis and downtown St. Paul, as we mentioned. By the way, they're not done. They have another light rail line in the works, the so-called Botanel Line, which is going to run up, uh, head out toward the northwest suburbs up Highway 81 uh, via Broadway. And all I can say is, folks, uh, we need... This is one of so many reasons we need to get good governors and good legislators into office to appoint people to the Met Council that can hold the line against this madness. All I can say otherwise is if you are one of those DFLers who moved from Minneapolis or St. Paul out to the southwest suburbs, taking your idiot politics with you, taking the politics that have destroyed Minneapolis and St. Paul with you or are well on their way towards destroying them, I hope, I hope, originally I was going to say, I hope you enjoy the, the destruction of your, of your 
ease of getting around that part of town. I heard some people on Channel 9 this morning talking about what a pain it is driving around in the Southwest Metro these days because of all the construction. I haven't had occasion to go to the Southwest Metro in forever. But uh, I was going to say, yeah, I hope you're enjoying what we went through in the Midway from 2008 through 2014 when they were billing the Vomit Comet. And then, of course, it occurs to me, oh, yeah, I hope you avoid the problems that that train brought to my Midway and that it brought out to uh, South Minneapolis the uh, the use of the, the train as a mass transit system for, uh, mass transit system for criminals. Now, keep your fingers crossed. Uh, the money stuff uh, predictions certainly aren't working out, <laughs> are they? Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. We'll be right back. High pressure, hot water. American Pressure is your local family-owned source for pressure washers since 1976. We focus on what you need to clean. We offer the best brands of hot and cold pressure washers, complete wash bays, portable systems, and custom build. We do it all for you. If you need hot water and high pressure, think American Pressure. That's AmericanPressure.com. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800 That's 800-884-9018. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, go to hashtag Narn Show. That's N-A-R-N Show for all the latest about this broadcast, about, about Jack Tomzak's show, about uh, Brad Carlson tomorrow from 1 to 3. Of course, King Banyan every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on her sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Uh, th- those are the social media links you go to on not just Twitter, not just Facebook, but also Gab, Parler. Uh, me, we, uh, all of the social media that actually matter uh, that, that you can actually. I mean, of course, people say, hey, it's time to get off of Twitter. And I say, I would love to. Believe me, I, nothing would make me happier than to ditch Twitter once and for all. And uh, and Mark Zuckerberg as well. I know Twitter's Jack Dorsey, Jack, Zuck, all of them. Get rid of them. I would love to. But that's where the battle is. I mean, Think how much easier World War II would have been if Eisenhower had invaded New Jersey instead of Fran- occupied France. I mean, D-Day would have been a, a, a literally a day at the beach. Well, that's not how wars are won, and this is a war for our culture. So we will fight where the enemy are. And when I say the enemy, I mean our political opponents. I don't want them to be the enemy to a great extent. It is a title they choose for themselves. But let's do the best we can to, to keep it as civil as possible. I certainly try in my own deeply imperfect way. At any rate, um, anyway, Jack Tobzak coming up at the top of the hour here. Uh, Brad Carlson tomorrow from 1 to 3. King Banyan, Saturday mornings 9 to 11. And don't forget, uh, the, the Dinesh D'Souza podcast is uh, every single weekday at am12athepatriot.com. You can get that there. Dinesh D'Souza, one of the best in the business, one of the great pundits uh, we have in the uh, modern American punditry. hope you can check that out. So we're talking about the Metro Transit Southwest Corridor Line, which is already over budget, already ran into unexpected engineering problems. And by the way, I feel for the people involved, they, they got jammed between figuratively and literally a rock and a hard place, having to resolve a bunch of serious engineering issues, largely brought about 
we must point out, by the DFL, or at least by people who vote DFL as if their life depends on it. Uh, I, I kid you not, folks. The biggest problem right now that the Southwest Corridor, I'm sorry, the Southwest Light Rail Transit Line is facing in terms of engineering is the need to build a tunnel so that the residents along the Kenilworth Trail don't have to hear trains going by. Now, keep in mind, these are the people that vote DFL. These are the, 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 the plutocrats with deep pockets, maybe not the plutocrats, but, but people who live in Kenwood are the people along the lines of your Ted Mondales, your, your high-end Democrat constituents, your, your Arnie Carlson types. They live in Kenwood. These are the people who, who brought you light rail. These are the people who brought you the establishment that wants light rail. These are the people who voted for and bankroll, to a great extent, the DFL establishment that thinks light rail is what separates a world-class city from an also-ran. This is their light rail line. But they don't want to see it and they don't want to hear it. So at a certain point in the line, they wanted that line to be buried. They didn't want it routed through the neighborhood. Oh, no, 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 no tearing up scenic Kenwood. No, that's for all the plebs along University Avenue to get things torn up, to have their route to and from work and home and from shopping torn up and uh, for years and permanently hindered. I mean, just try and get across University Avenue at Hamlin on a bad day. Sometime here, it's a, it's a, as I frequently wind up having to do, it's, it's an undertaking, folks. It's an undertaking. So, uh, they didn't, couldn't have any of that. No, sirree, not in Kenwood. These people got the deluxe DFL treatment. No, sirree, Bob, they got their rail line buried. Clinker is burying a rail line right there in such a way as to both be safe, to have structural integrity. And to keep the dirty, ugly rail line and all that unseemly noise out of the well-heeled locals' field of hearing is a major engineering headache. And, of course, it blew past cost projections. And I feel for the engineers involved, because I work in an engineering-related field where you have to satisfy sometimes absurdly contentious requirements, self-contradictory requirements, and try to bring them in somewhere near budget. And by the way, on schedule, I mean, in the software business, they say uh, fast, quality, and cost. Pick two, because two is all you're going to get. You could have something, whether it's uh, an application or a railroad, you can have it fast and you can have it well-built but you're going to lose. Uh, you're going to lose time. Uh, you're going to you're going to spend a lot of money for it. Or you can have quality and speed. Uh, quality and speed. We just said you can have speed and bring it in under cost. But you're going to lose quality, which, by the way, with a rail line is a very very bad thing, and so forth and so on. That's the that's the way of engineering. That's how engineering actually works here, folks. But these are the people, the people who insisted that the Kenilworth line simultaneously exist and yet be invisible to them. That's one of the reasons that this line is going uh, so far over cost, over budget, over time. It's going to come in years late. And by the way, when it finally commissions, when it finally goes into business, they're going to find out that, oh yeah, there's not really that many people who commute from the suburbs into the city anymore. And vice versa, you might have people who commute from the city out to the burbs for service jobs at Eden Prairie Center. You might have people who commute out to call center jobs, but you don't have the old-fashioned model of people living out in the burbs uh, in the bedroom communities and bringing their lunch pails downtown to work at the office or at the factory downtown or in, in the inner city. That's not the way it works. Most of the economic development these days is going to, before the pandemic even, was going to the ring around the Twin Cities, the, the, the circle of suburbs and exurbs, which is where the money and the people are all going. And so this rail line is being built, well, officially 
to prop up a thoroughly obsolete idea of what a city is and how a city develops. And of course, like all big boondoggle public works projects, it is there primarily, maybe even solely, as a means of transferring wealth from you and I, the taxpayers, to the political class, the people who build these things, the people who run these things, the the unions that run the trains that pay the dues to the DFL. You see how this scam works here, right? It doesn't matter if it, like the green line or the blue line, remember that, uh, it doesn't carry anywhere near the number of people that they say it was going to carry, even in the best of times. It doesn't matter if each ride costs the taxpayer 20 or $30 like the blue line or hundreds and hundreds of dollars like the North Star commuter line because the mission is not to carry people to work, to make it easy to get to work. The mission is not even to make the Twin Cities a world-class city, which is the absurd claim by so many of these, of these transit, transit-aholics, quite frankly. No. It's about transferring money from the taxpayers to the political class. That's why it's there. It's why we need to elect governors and legislators who have had enough of this. And I won't have it said that I'm here to shill for the Republican Party because there have been plenty of Republicans who who did a terrible job at this sort of thing as well. But who else? The Libertarian Party, well, show me some one elections outside of my good friends in Burnsville and Crystal, all duly noted, much due respect, but what? What, who, what else is the option? And if you're one of those who say, ah, the Republicans are just as bad, I submit for your approval. No, there are not. There are Republicans who are really, really good. I, I worked at a fundraiser last week for a bunch of them, for Eric Lucero, for, for John Heinrich, for Cal Barr. I could name several more who are good, solid conservatives. These people need company. These people need friends. These people need fellow caucus members in St. Paul who will draw the line on these things. And, yeah, we need enough of them to make sure that if there are wishy-washies in leadership, that they need to get the message as well. That's There's really no way around that. Elections have consequences. And, boy, are you if you're in Hennepin County right now, <laughs> you're paying those consequences. And not just in terms of financial consequences, by the way. Minnesotans like to remember bits and pieces of trivia. Every Minnesotan who was alive at the time remembers the Halloween blizzard of 1991. I sure do. Uh, kids, ask your parents. Some of you kids, ask your grandparents. It it may have been when some of you were created. We, we don't know. But uh, one of the things we also remember, if we were around at the time, was the surge of crime in the early mid 1990s when Minneapolis's homicide rate was up there with Detroit, Chicago, Baltimore, Newark with the bigs. It was called Murderapolis. It was christened Murderapolis by the New York Times uh, for good reason. It was it was a charnel house and we are on track to beat that. Uh, the Star Tribune even came out and made it official this past week. Violent crime has surged to record highs across Minneapolis this year, rising in more prosperous neighborhoods that typically experience few such incidents while continuing to exact the heaviest toll in the city's poor, ethnically diverse areas. <sighs> Through last week, the city had logged 3,674 violent crimes defined as homicide, rape, robbery, and aggravated assaults, up 17% from the previous five-year average for this period, according to the Star Tribune analysis. We are on track, as of this week, to beat the Murderapolis years when it comes to homicides in Minneapolis. Just remember, this is the party that thinks public safety is a privilege. The DFL, which has owned Minneapolis for three generations since 1960, has absolute control, thanks in the words of Lisa Bender, the city council president and one of the most powerful DFLers in the state, that public safety is a privilege. Put that in your pipe and smoke it come election time. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. We will be right back. Go nowhere. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. 
Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. No one gets out of here alive. It's a dreary idea. If you don't have a plan to take care of your assets and family, they could be put at risk of probate battles, legal fees, or family conflicts. Estate planning can spare your loved ones those ordeals after you're gone. Contact the experienced team of Twin Cities lawyers at Morris Law Group. Morris Law Group will carefully walk you through the estate planning process to ensure your final wishes are carried out. Estate planning is like a jigsaw puzzle. From wills and probate, estate tax and guardianship to conservatorship and power of attorney, Morris Law Group helps you put all the pieces together, no matter your age, no matter the size of your worldly possessions. Protecting your family's future is important. Trust the like-minded professionals at Morris Law Group. They'll help you protect your holdings and your family long after you're gone. Morris Law Group, providing peace of mind and family assurance since 1976. Visit them at mlgestateplan.com. That's mlgestateplan.com. Start making your plans today at mlgestateplan.com. Want to enroll your child in Christian school this fall for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com is joined with area private schools to offer half-off tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Hi, John Wichko here, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. I'd like to talk local, Minnesota local. I was born and raised right here in Rosemount and have spent my entire life in Minnesota. I'm proud that we're a local family-owned company. It really frosts me when national glass companies based in other states and owned by a foreign conglomerate try to say they're local. Advantage Auto Glass has been local, Minnesota local for over 20 years. We'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives and we'll fix your chipped or cracked windshield right the first time. Advantage Auto Glass has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. If you call your agent or claims line first, make sure to tell them you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass, your real local, Minnesota local installer, and no one else. Or you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Back, Twin Cities and World, Northern Alliance Radio Network, headliner edition, final segment of a dynamite two-hour show. Uh, Jack Tomzak coming up after the top of the hour here. Brad Carlson in the closer edition tomorrow from 1 to 3 here on AM 12. By the way, once again, my band Elephant in the Room making its first ever public appearance south of Metro in the southern, southern part of the Twin Cities metro area. Uh, in terms of public appearances, we've had some private parties south of town here, but uh, this will be our first ever attempt at a bar gig, and this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be at Neeson's Sports Bar and Grill in Savage, and it's, by the way, it's the the northeast part of Savage, basically the uh, the part at thirty five, just a mile or two west, I think, two or three miles west of thirty five on uh, on Highway 13. Uh, it's a, not a bad ride from the metro, whatever part of the metro you're in, but especially if you're one of our many friends from the southwest side, from Eden Prairie, from Edina, all the rest of you. Hope you can make it down to Neeson's. Three weeks from today, I believe, if I'm doing the math in my head correctly, uh, Saturday, uh, September 4th, from, I don't know, 8 to midnight, 1230 till, till, uh, 8.30 till 12.30. Either way, we'll be playing. You show up middle of the evening, It'll be a lot of fun. So three weeks notice. Grab your sitter. I hope you can come on outside. We're going to have a fun time playing at Neeson's uh, three weeks from tonight at Neeson Sports Bar and Grill. And that's just the first of several fun gigs that are going to be popping up around the metro at some new places that we haven't played a thousand times before. This will be not that we have anything against them. And we're looking forward to come back to the North Star and to uh, and to some of our friends in Stillwater here again, too. You name it. We want to play there, by the way. Uh, have your people call my people if you're looking for a band for a gig here, private, public, whatever. At any rate, I I bring this up. And by the way, uh, this, this is an interesting week for me because it's kind of a my anniversary in radio. I, I say as something of a joke, but not entirely, that the worst day on the air is better than the best day off the air. And it is a joke. It is facetious. It is, is tongue-in-cheek. 
And yet I love being on the radio. There's something about it that is just so addictive and usually in a good way, but addictions are never all good. And and radio can be a very nasty uh, addiction in your life. It certainly didn't do me any favors in my 20s when uh, I was, for a variety of reasons, it, it, it affects, especially in the music side of the business, it affects people's personalities, or at least it did. The industry's changed a bit since I was in it, but it's a big deal for me because this week, is heading up towards my anniversary in the in the business. It was 42 years ago this week that I first started my first radio job at my first radio station. Place was called KEYJ in Jamestown, North Dakota. It's a little station. Uh, it still exists. The call letters have changed, and it's moved from its old location. It used to be stuck above a, a white drug on Main Street in Jamestown. Actually, the first white drug. If you're around a thrifty white out there, this was store number one. And we were upstairs. It was a tiny little station, 1,000 watts during the day, 250 at night. Uh, Went on the air at 5.55 in the morning, went off at 11.55 at night. I would get up uh, my junior year of high school when I was 15 years old and hike down there. I'd wake up at 4.30 in the morning, be in the studio at 5, start sorting through an evening's worth of news and getting ready to warm up the transmitter and put things on the air. And I would work from 5 a.m. till 3 p.m., uh, unbelievably long. I mean, nine hours on the air. Most of the time, you're on the air for four hours, even if you're a disc jockey, to, to say nothing of talk show hosts. And in so many ways, I, I fell in love with the industry and in love with the business itself. It, just being on the air has this crackle and buzz about it that it, it's just there's nothing else like it. So. For me, in some ways, the worst day on the air is better than the best day off the air because it's just so much fun doing this. To say nothing of the other fun part, which is, well, talking to all of you. Aw, I know. Uh, group hug. But it's it's a big deal to me. And I have, you know, given the fact that I was a kid at the time, literally 42 years ago this week was the first time I went on the air. By the way, I remember the first three records I played. And and believe me, none of you will remember any of them. The first one was Bright Eyes by Art Garfunkel. The next one uh, was All Things Are Possible by Dan Peake. Y- you've heard of him. You just don't know. He used to be a member of America before he broke away and became a Christian artist. And then finally, the other one was We Don't Talk Anymore by Cliff Richard, which is probably the only one of the three that became a big hit at the time. I digress. The uh, I, I get nostalgic about it. I mean, I, I I smell some of the smells of that old studio. I mean, all the equipment was tube-powered. It was the control board, which, by the way, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, uh, my profile picture is that old control board. It was a tube-operated board built in the late 1930s. <laughs> it was old to me back then and still is. The old day, night before World War II, that was built. All of the equipment in that place was built in the, between the 1930s and some of the 1920s. And the 1960s. I mean, it was ancient by the time I got there. And gosh, that was 42 years ago. I get nostalgic about it. And nostalgia is a powerful motivator. I bring that up because even people outside radio get nostalgic. Why? I don't know. What's to remember? No, it's, it's true. There, is, there are things to remember. And uh, some of the memories you do, especially with things you do out of passion and out of commitment when you're in your 20s, stick with you for your whole life because those are in some ways the good old days. And I thought about that this past week when uh, they, they, uh, when the, the word got out and was reported heavily by, well, the media, that the city pages, the late and largely unlamented freebie handout, which had some good years in terms of journalism. I mean, back in the, the late 80s when James Lilacs worked there into the very early 2000s when Steve Perry was the editor, they did some really good reporting, good journalism. I mean, when Perry ran it, before he went full boy crazy partisan left with the Minnesota Independent, which was not independent, it was a George Soros joint, uh, the City Pages did some useful journalism, the kind of stuff you didn't have to agree with politically to see it had merit. Those days were over 15 years ago, and sometime after Steve Perry left, uh, Steve Perry, the editor, not the lead singer of Journey, uh, the newspaper, the City Pages, started slowly but inexorably completely beclowning itself. I mean, you had the likes of Mike Mosdale, who wrote the epic piece about how Norm Coleman 
was uh, not Norm Coleman, how Scott Johnson, who at the time was one of the co-hosts of the Northern Alliance, uh, had to be swindling uh, Twin Cities federal customers when, back when he was their chief legal counsel by blogging on Company Time, forgetting that his boss was Bill Cooper, former Republican Party chair, and by the way, the guy who had to prove Scott's value to his shareholders, and did so by pulling his advertising money from the city pages. Uh, or Dan Haugen, who, well, I can't tell you his crimes against decency, but they were there. Or Aaron Rupar, I mean, someone who's crimes against reporting are so immense that the Urban Dictionary now, not that that's a great source, but uh, it's a very apt uh, reference in this case, has coined the term rupar to mean to mangle context so badly that it hardly qualifies as journalism uh, anymore. Aaron rupar, uh, former City Pages writer, and then these people and, and the management at the time pawned whatever legacy the City Pages had in its earlier incarnations and pawned it off really, really, really cheap. Anyway, last fall, the City Pages finally glomped to its final unlamented end, outside of some navel-gazing journalist types. I tried to play it straight down the objective middle. It, it, it had a good run. Although the, the group running it was decreasingly talented. Well, you never know that listening to the uh, accolades this past week. A, quote, much-loved, end quote, Twin Cities alternative paper, the City Pages, shut down abruptly last fall because it was of no value to anyone. Uh, now several former City Pages editors are launching a new digital news publication called Racket that officially launches on August 18th. It's much-loved. I mean, I much-loved that final incarnation of that paper, mainly because it was a boundless fount of Material, badly written, terrible, terrible, terrible journalism. One of the editors, a fellow named Jay Baller, said, we want to fill the void that City Pages left, which we feel is considerable. <laughs> Bringing that legacy into the future is the mission statement. Well, they left a void. It was a smaller void than when they existed because the City Pages, for its last, let's just be charitable and say 10 years, was worthless, of no value. But you'd never know that listening to the local journalists who pine endlessly on for its glory days that, that pass you by in the wink of a young girl's eye. I'm, I'm quoting music here now. Impact Mortgage Corp. TBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS IV 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no-closing-cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. As Winston Churchill said, all the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. for the Victory Hour, when we will talk politics, Israel, and the law. The Victory Hour, Sunday afternoons at 4, here on The Patriot. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then, just three months later... Extortion 1-7 requesting permission to take off. A U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others entered the Tegui Valley. That's all flash. You see flash? Everybody out there, we have a fallen angel. A fallen angel. Roger. Extortion 1-7, the provocative new film telling the story of the largest loss of life in U.S. Special Forces history. Now playing on SalemNow.com. Questions quickly arise. Why did it take 17 minutes to fly a 10-minute mission? Was there a black box on board? Every American should be taught about what happened in Extortion 17. 
What really happened to SEAL Team 6 that dreadful night? Fallen Angel, Extortion 1-7. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Celebrating two decades on air, this is AM 12.